0: Hola. This is Lorena Junco Margain and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way.
1: on My Way, Lorena sits down with longtime friend and loving mother, Marissa Garcia, who shares her experience of feeling pressured to have children, uphold an identity as a good mother, and how this has affected her parenting style. Conscious parenting, as it's called, focuses on connecting before correcting when dealing with one's children. She also offers advice to those without a strong family unit, highlighting the incredible power of journaling our emotions. Now to today's episode.
0: Hello, my friends. Hola, mis amigos. I'm so happy to be back. Summer has been incredible. Some unexpected things, but one of the beautiful gifts that this summer has given me was reconnecting with a childhood friend. Her name is Marisa Garcia. And Marisa, welcome. Thank you for having your open heart and your open everything to us. I know we will learn a lot from you, and I will learn a lot from you. And I know there's no coincidences, we were meant to be in the same spot. And as I told Casey, my producer, can you wing it? And he says, we always can. So thank you also for your flexibility. And I am feeling a little bit nervous because this is not a usual context on how we do it. But I think since we've known each other since our childhood, this will naturally unfold. So welcome, Marisa. And could you tell our friends listening out there, A little bit about your upbringing and what is a common thread between you and I.
2: Well, first of all, Lorena, thank you for having me. It's a gift for me. We crossed paths a couple of weeks ago and we immediately connected through your book. So I think your book came into my life in the perfect moment. And your invitation to this podcast was what my heart was looking for. So thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. I, you know, for all of our friends listening, what I sometimes forget is that life unfolds. And whenever you're looking for an answer, if you're truly with open senses and open heart, you will find your angels around you. And that's how I felt when I saw you this peaceful moment, your smile. I remember even in COVID when we saw each other at the beach, you were like, and these two shall pass. And I made a mental note like, I like her energy. And then look at us in Austin. We gravitate toward (laughs) each other. We do, we do. do. Marisa, I can't stop smiling because we've been so many times together in our lives since we were little kids, but somehow in a parallel way. And we have very similar paths where I think that in both families, knowledge is currency. You know, we are incentivated into reading, being informed, forming your own opinions, part of what i'm learning now is speaking up and i think that we have a little bit that in common what i'm surprised is that how many consecutive years we we've sat at the same beach next to each other watching the kids crawl and play and we never opened up and i i just want to invite everyone listening the answers are next to you if you ask someone the message that you need to to be open to is is around you. So don't feel you need to have a podcast, write a book. It's it's v- something that you can easily acquire by having interest in your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor was the answer to all your problems. In my, in my life, that's the case. She's been amazing. She's been my everything as in pediatricians, OBGYNs, and she was a total stranger, but she inspired confidence. And you and I, having All that said, somehow we were suppressing our suffering. Right,
2: because we, we have been seeing each other every summer. This summer I read your book and I could go back and remember those summers when you were suffering. But Lorena, I didn't know you were suffering. Maybe we were a couple umbrellas away. You were sitting in the shade and I was playing... Because <laughs> I don't like the sun. Because, and I was maybe, maybe building a castle with my little one and I never knew. And while you were going through your own battles, I was going through mine. And we never knew until this summer that we... Sh- because I read your book, I was open enough I to share my story with you.
0: I remember both of us smiling, which is so weird that we were in our darkest, you know moments in our life and somehow we are still portraying happiness and everything's under control and we have a plentiful life which we do but it's pretty amazing that humanity feeling is a little bit hidden and I, I would invite everyone listening to not be afraid of feeling I promise you it hurts, but you don't die from emotional pain. And it is so such a good practice for releasing and also having compassion for for your own traveling self and knowing that you're on your way to to greater things and or not. Maybe maybe you need to simplify, but just be able to consider changing the formula and be vulnerable. And in this case it's Marisa, which I wow. truly appreciated.
2: Healing is connecting. And this is what we're doing today. Correct. So it's connecting to others and it's connecting to yourself. And it's it's just connecting the dots. So tell
0: me a little bit of, of your journey and if you can paint a picture for our listeners on who is Marisa and, and, and the reason you're here.
2: Well, Lorena, we have a lot in common. We come from the same hometown in uh, Monterrey, Mexico. We grew up in a very similar background. So our family has known each other for many, many years. I come from a high achieving family. I cannot say that something went wrong in my childhood. I had every, everything that anybody could ask for. I had loving parents. I had an education. I didn't suffer from anybody being violent to me. So I cannot really complain about where I come from. I have two loving parents. They truly gave the best uh, to, gr- to ma- make the best home for me and for my siblings. That had, that had its conditioning. That had its price. I knew since very early on what, I, what was the expectation. What were the rules I needed to follow? And I grew up with those rules. And I was a good kid. So life went pretty well for me while growing up. Everything changed when I became a mother, when my husband and I started planning a family and we couldn't get pregnant right away. So we started questioning. We started questioning if we should move forward, if we should have kids, stay with no kids. And for me, it was never an option. I felt that if I didn't have kids, I was a failure. I felt that if I didn't have kids, my job as a human being was not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I Do was in my... Do you think
0: that's generational as, as women, that
2: we're just having those high expectations? Of course. I think it's part of our women's conditioning. It's part of our expectations. It's We were brought up to this, and mostly in our Mexican culture, where we come from. So it's kind of tattooed in us, so mm-hmm. we don't question it.
0: I agree with you. Yeah.
2: So I move forward, Lorena. And did you open up the process
0: with your family or was it something that you kept close? I,
2: I did open it up to both our families and they were supportive. It was a shock to them also that, you know, we couldn't get pregnant in one year and another year. So I just think in that moment in time, in my mid-20s, I said, okay, what are my options? Let me do my best with what I have. And I just attach to that idea of becoming a parent, whatever it took. Okay, let's try one thing. Let's try another thing. Let's go with, you know, natural healers. Let's do this. Let's do that.
0: Which, by the way, you've always been very fit, healthy, your husband as well. So to my friends listening, I just want you to question yourself even if you see a picture of yourself it's pretty amazing how physically you feel it looks like everything is okay but we are all dealing with our struggles we all have our our little suppressed better self and do know that we are coming out here very vulnerable it is the first time marisa opens up about this but we waited and we consider that if we don't open up we will never make a change in the world because these are conversations that need to happen. So again, Marisa, thank you for, for being that friend that is vulnerable because I know it takes a lot.
2: And I know there's a lot of people out there going through this, you know. And at that time, I didn't have the resources or the tools to understand myself. I just knew that I had an idea of what my life should look like, and I moved forward. Well, when I was about 30 years old, we got pregnant and we were overjoyed. I had the perfect pregnancy. And I thought that if I had the perfect pregnancy, eating the best foods, taking care of myself, that was my way of having a perfect baby and compensating for what we went through. So yes, we had a beautiful baby girl she is beautiful, by the way. She she's is. she's radiant. She she's beautiful. She was like the Gerber baby, imagine. Yeah. Sunshine. It's, she's a sunshine and her eyes are beautiful. Her eyes are blue. Mm-hmm. Not my husband and myself don't have blue eyes. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, she was my golden child since the beginning. And what happened? I did my best to just give her what I thought was the best for her. But it was Overboard. It was overcontrolling. I think I was too anxious at the time. Could you give us an example and wh- how does that an example like? would be? She never had a Gerber. Got it. Because you were like, uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna cook myself. Yes, because that is better than processed food. Correct. So from breast milk, she got into Gerber, and when I was exhausted, and I said, "Okay, no more breast milk," because mommy is getting, you know too exhausted, I felt shame of of giving her, you know, the just the milk. Yeah,
0: it's pretty amazing. I've noticed that even the way you deliver your kid, I felt like a failure when I ended up in C-section and I'm like, my mom was like, you're a mom, doesn't matter where she came from, but we have these expectations of my body didn't perform, Right. Right perform for who or for what, but it's, I I guess there are things you don't even question and it's very healthy to teach our kids that, that they have the option.
2: Right. And you just, you know, you don't know what's happening to you, but you're so attached to these tiny ideas of making you feel good enough. And they're tiny things. Like I feel I'm a better mom if I cook the meals for my daughter or I feel like I'm a better mom if I deliver my child not really and not by a C-section so there's these tiny ideas that we fixate on and they give us self-worth but we don't know it at the time so we're just projecting to the child all these tiny little things and lifestyles that are just giving us a sense of self-worth yeah, so yeah. I
0: assume it was not a fear-based decision. In your mind, you were doing a conscious, intelligent, overthought decision. overthought
2: parenting. Mm-hmm. But what happened? My daughter, when she turned two, she was reflecting a lot of anxiety. I was pregnant at the time with my second child, which we didn't have trouble conceiving. His pregnancy, you know, was perfect. But I was fearful, you know, of my pregnancy and taking care of myself and running around with a toddler. And she started expressing a lot of anxiety, a lot of tantrums, a lot of meltdowns. She was not too happy with my pregnancy, and she was not too happy when the baby arrived. So in that moment in time, my sense of control just crumbled. And I didn't feel I was the perfect mom anymore. Why? Because I started, you know... Seeing ways of disciplining my child, seeing ways of making her regulate and be according to my plan. She was not following my plan anymore. Can you go a little bit deeper in how talking
0: about this is equivalent to going to a therapist, is it or not?
2: It is. I think you make sense of everything. You go back in time and you start to understand where you were at in that moment in time. What were your struggles? What were your inner battles? What were you dealing with? And in that time, you didn't understand why. And it was not nice. And nobody wants to suffer. And nobody wants to be in a dark place. But we all are in some moment in time. That is called life. Yes. And uh, I I strongly believe we are spiritual beings living a human experience. So whatever experience you're going through, whatever, it's part of your spiritual growth and you will understand it with time. But this has taken me, this has taken me a journey. And I think that the first step is truly trusting
0: the first step and take it one step at a time and it'll just unfold, right? Right. We cannot have a full map ahead Uh, of us and life has its twists and turns. But um, I was recently reading, um, I've been going very deeply into the topic of death and how you can actually live death the way you planned, because it's all about the experience. So no matter how you die, Mm -hmm. the experience can be a controlled one. So taking that a little bit more grounded, it's we can have surprises or bad happenings. Like I had my medical malpractice, which I write on the book. But the way I decided to experience it was bringing a better side of me versus mm-hmm. the other side, and sometimes I'm like, "Was this luck that I was able to be open and or why why did this come from me and And that's when I truly believe that everything is a muscle you the muscle of forgiveness of love, of not being hard on yourself on flexibility, and if you're working constantly that better side of you then it just comes out naturally, like good deeds come naturally. I I wish I had learned that a long time ago because a lot of fear would have been erased and maybe I would have taken
2: different decisions. But you were not ready. I was not ready. You were not open. You needed to go through that. To learn. Yes. Now you're ready. And it's beautiful. It's
0: also kind of poetic to see, wow, it was life happening for me.
2: Not to you. Not to you. I agree. I and, love and, that. Yes. I love
0: it. And, and when you see it as that, it's here to serve you and to bring a better side of you, to grow from this. I think it
2: just totally
0: changes your experience.
2: Totally. You're not a victim anymore. You're empowered, by, but what happens to you just makes you shine, makes you go deep inside, just makes you question everything.
0: How did your path start? How did you hear about Dr. Shefali? Because I know she's a big influence in you. Why don't you tell us about your profession mm-hmm. and congratulations? Because I know it's been a long journey. It's six years of studying and we don't take that lightly. We, we need more Marisas in this world.
2: But tell us about how is it that you ended up where you are right now? Well, I, I started studying conscious parenting. Because the traditional parenting ideas did not work for me. What is conscious parenting? Conscious parenting is a revolution to traditional parenting. Traditional parenting is the way, the typical way that our parents and grandparents were taught to raise a child. And
0: I guess they were being a revolution to the past
2: Yes. Right? So what is the main difference? The main difference is that in traditional parenting, there's a her- hierarchy. Or how do you say hierarchy. hierarchy? The parent is above the child. The parent is more important, what he thinks, what he feels, whatever he needs and wants has to be followed, is never questioned. And the child is supposed to follow. So what happens? The feelings the needs of the child are not taken into account. Or I guess
0: there is a way to balance being a good leader because you have more
2: years of understanding than, than your kid. Yes. So you say, I'm the wise one. I'm the old one. I know better, better what you need. So child, you just need to follow. What happens in conscious parenting? Yes, you have a story. Yes, you're wiser. Yes, you know. But you correct when your child needs it because he's in danger, because he doesn't have the maturity, because he doesn't know any better. Let's say he's not developed to take that kind of decision. But a lot of things are taken into consideration. You first connect before you correct. You first try to see who is your child. What does your child need in that moment? And not make it about yourself.
0: Yes, you know, I remember uh, the first time I took Lore to kindergarten um, at her school, they told me, this is not a traditional school. Mm -hmm. The kid does not come with an empty backpack and you pull all the material inside her backpack and then send her to the world. What we do here is, let me understand what what the backpack has. So if she has apples and flowers well maybe that's her artistic you know humanistic side but if he's full of trucks and cars and that speaks a lot about the kid and i love that approach that is and conscious it, parenting uh-huh and it changed my way of parenting without knowing that like i'm like okay so Lore was born with this in her backpack patty was born with and you totally understand it's not your responsibility To be the source of everything.
2: Now, what happened to me, Lorena? I had such big conditioning coming from my family of origin that I didn't have personal space to open my child's backpack. I already had the plan set up for them. Is that normally how you are in life? Like you plan ahead, you... I think that comes from my childhood, which we will talk about later. I think that is how I have survived my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Trying to have everything controlled, under control, gives me a sense that everything will be okay. So when you're parenting, that's the time in life that nothing's under control, really. You want to think. It's an illusion to think that you're under control because they can just go out to the park and have an accident, you know? But you want to feel that you're in control. So then you start making all these little tiny things to control their lives. And what happened when my child was two, she was not okay with it. You know, she was tantruming, she was shouting, she was having meltdowns, and I couldn't do anything about it. What happened since I felt more anxious now, I got more rigid. She got was it. triggering my anxiety, my original anxiety, even more. So I got more rigid, and I couldn't have. Internal space to uncover who are you, what do you need right now, and was your husband on board, or, or
0: was he? Did he know he had to unpack the goodies in the back?
2: I think he was in the same mindset that I was mm-hmm. at that time. I think we, it might we have be evolved a, together. A
0: generational thing.
2: Yes, that's what we knew, and that was how we were brought up. I never gave a problem to my parents. I followed. I followed, I never gave them something to worry about. I was an A-plus student.
0: You were a high achiever.
2: I was a high, I, I still am. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't break down with that, but my child broke down. Yes. So that made me reconsider everything. If that parenting style was not working for my child, and I saw she was miserable, I was miserable, we had zero connection, you know, then I felt like a failure as a mom. So that's when when I started thinking outside the box and learning a little bit more of different parenting styles. And Dr. Shefali's work got into my life and I got fascinated from, from then. My child was five years old. How so? Through a book, through a conference? I started studying through, a. she has an online one-year course called The Awakened Heart. Beautiful. And that totally, you know, all of my belief systems got into questioning. And I started working on my belief system first in order to give myself some personal space to get to know who my children were.
0: That's beautiful. Yes. And as a high achiever? (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: been six years
0: now. Yes. So from what I'm understanding, life was still following the script that you had planned. You have a beautiful daughter, healthy daughter, golden child, a girl, which I imagine that must be very joyful. And then baby number two. Was that a,
2: a big trigger? Tell me more about that. Baby a trigger in you or in whom? In the whole family dynamic. Why? Because I I had learned to manage one child and she and I were okay together. But then when baby two arrived, she was not okay anymore and she started acting out and her acting out got me so uncomfortable. I didn't feel like I could manage anything anymore, like I liked to manage it. So what happened? My daughter was tantruming. My baby was, maybe he needed to be fed and I was crying too. Yeah. I was uh, another child in the
0: room. You know, I'm having a... A flashback. I've never told you, but I remember being in my misery on on my balcony. Look, I'm just always healed by water. And I would see you at the very end of the island meditating. You I would be doing that. your yoga. And I never knew you were going through hell. I had no idea. I was just seeing the enlightened friend <laughs> and I was a depressed, <laughs> you know, super sad. So to everyone listening... What you see is not necessarily what you get. All a lot of us are in fear, we're suffering, we're going through hardships. Never hesitate to see the other side of it. Why is she doing it? Why is she getting isolated? Why why does she go to that side? Maybe I could have sat next to you and asked. Versus yes. four years later.
2: Yes, you know, I was trying to ground
0: myself. You were. Not, now I see it. Mm-hmm. But it, then what I saw was Marisa is super athletic and she's very good at yoga poses. Uh,
2: <laughs> so you <laughs> that, saw the exterior part. That's the only thing yes, I saw. Because and and I, that doesn't mean you're not hurting. I relaxed through meditation and sports. So I was grounding myself as you do art. Yes. I could see you doing art. Mm-hmm. But you were seeing me maybe working out. Yeah, I was painting watching
0: you. Yeah. And doing I would my be thing. like, that's why you're not thin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah If know. I were down there doing that, you know, we're always we always the the cursed one or Yeah, the- because we
2: make it about ourselves. That's
0: ego, actually. Yeah, of
2: course. I mean, you made it about yourself and maybe triggered you what you were going through yes, at the moment. Totally. And I was going through my own misery, trying to ground myself the only way I know how to do it, being in the outdoors. Yes. That's how I ground myself, in the outdoors, sweating. And the beauty, I mean, this is soft My daughter doesn't like to sweat. She's an artist. Yeah. And I am an outdoor girl. I don't like it either. And you yes. know that it's the the elements the water
0: element, the the heat. So my second daughter, she's a son. She she can be like almost down to nothing, and she's happy. If I layer her up, she'll be super feisty. So I regulate her temper uh-huh. through the elements. Oh. Uh-huh. And I'm very watery, so I know being next to a body of water is is my happy place. It truly is. But if I'm under the the sun, I burn out. Wow. Versus you feed from it.
2: I from it. And it's totally
0: a it. c- constitution. It. Yeah.
2: Actually, in the in the hardest moments of my life, it's when I become fitter. Mm. Because that's how I regulate at that moment. So, you know, we all have our ways. The thing is find it. Find it and look at and find it and being constructive because yes. mine was
0: eating. Like that was my only comfort. And I was actually causing more damage mm. than than what I should, right but sometimes if you get to the what happened to me is not fair, that's when that's game over. Mm-hmm. If you start thinking you can be the one that says who's wrong, who's right you're you're the justice you know person. And I started noticing that a little bit too late, but i I noticed that I was only harming myself. It was not a a good... In an
2: unconscious way. In an unconscious way. Right. You never, you you never want to harm yourself. It's just how you are coping with life at the moment. Totally. So what is
0: amazing is, and I've learned from Renu, is that even on the way how you speak, it tells you what you need. Or what, what is in excess. So, for example, I will always say, I feel like I'm drowning. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to this, Marisa is saying, I need it to be grounded. So... Ma- we, look at that. Uh-huh. You with the water and me with the... Uh-huh. With the so every person soil. balances in different ways. Ah. Too much water can be a puddle. Right. You need ground to be a flowing river. Right. And then too much earth can be rigid and solid and impenetrable. I
2: need water in my life. Correct.
0: Which are are emotions, Mm -hmm. connections, being vulnerable. So I am actually very happy because between you and I, we're creating a beautiful flowing river. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So let's help each other. Right. And in that time when I was doing my art, watching her through the window, doing her yoga position, I was drowning in my own little cup of water, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and people don't notice it. I, I didn't know. I never knew, Lorena. Not even some of my family members. They were like, you never told us. And I, I do feel I told them, but I would be smiling mm-hmm. and dressing pretty. So it was not consistent. Right. And that's also what I've learned to my friends out there. Don't be in high heels and lipstick and mascara if your father just died. Give yourself time to grieve, to cry, to be pampered, nourished, you know, just get that mask off and be vulnerable. But we do hide under certain expectations that society has. Or even me, I didn't want to feel a failure. Mm-hmm. And I even talk about it in the book, like I put high heels, I just strapped my abdomen and smiled for three hours. I remember coming back crawling, like I couldn't even... Go up the stairs. Why did I do that? At that time, I was not my own priority. Right. I had a lot of guilt uh, that I had not performed
2: Mm -hmm. as expected, but the expectations are yours. It's so tricky, but you're so attached to those ideals of yourself that come back. This goes back to childhood. You know, what is expected from you? I, what kind of wife you need to I be? I hear what kind you talking a lot about going back to childhood. So walk me through that
0: process. Is it personality? Is it fear? Is it like, why do you keep going to the childhood years? I, I, I kind of start getting a panic attack. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have my kids right now. What am I doing the things wrong? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. in the future, they will be going to a therapist saying that <laughs> when they were child, the the wound. or
2: Tell me about the wound. Now, who you are today is explaining childhood. So whoever you are today, how you're dealing with challenges. How do you show up every single day? What do you think the best version of yourself should be? It goes back in childhood. You can explain it through your childhood experience. Is there a way you can give us an example to understand the concept? Yes. uh, We could say if today you are a workaholic Mm -hmm. and you're an overachiever and nothing is enough, you're always looking for more, more, more. Why is that? Why is it that you are this way and maybe your sister is not that way? Right. So we can go back and understand when you were a child, what did you see in your family? What, how did you interpret what was your role in life? How would you feel validated, seen, loved, accepted, heard by your parents? If you were not always achieving something then maybe they never saw you. They just saw results. They just saw delivery of something tangible. Every child, it, it, it is so simple yet so complicated. The only thing they really need is you to see them, to make them feel loved and accepted. When you say see them, give us an example. See them as who they are, not as what you want them to be.
0: So your daughter throwing a tantrum, Mm -hmm. that was her way
2: to get attention. Is that what you're saying? In that moment, because I was not paying attention to her needs. Maybe she needed to be more at home. She loves being at home. I like to be on the street. Got it. I like to be in the sun. (laughs) She (laughs) likes to do her crafts. And maybe I was just pushing her too much to follow me. And the only way she could... Was just melting out on the floor and telling me, Mama, I'm exhausted. No right. more. Yeah. But I couldn't see her. I yeah. was seeing myself and my needs of going out because I thought that if we went out and we did everything done, that was a good enough day. Yeah. You know, because that's my way of feeling. Yeah. In your
0: life, being balanced is doing what you were doing. In her life, balance is
2: another scenario. Another scenario. Yes. But the way I defined balance goes back into when I was a child, given the family dynamics that I lived in, how did Marisa, little Marisa, how did she find that balance? So to our
0: listeners, what would be a question that you could guide them? Let's say one of our friends is driving right now. What question would you ask her? What recurrent attitude do you have? And try to trace it to their childhood? Or what would be a good exercise to have our listeners do a little introspection?
2: What is your energy every single day? How does your energy look like? Is your energy do, 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 do? Is your energy fix, 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 fix? Is your energy just trying to hide and be alone and just stay in bed? Is your energy trying to please others? Is your energy just, you're in conflict because you cannot say no to anybody. How does your energy look like in different scenarios? There's a common energy in them. Wow. So let's put it this way. If you're a person that doesn't like socializing,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: does that mean you interpreted as a kid that socializing was bad? Or is it more than socializing, you didn't put enough data to understand what socializing means
2: what does socializing mean to you what do you need to do in order to socialize so when you socialize how do you feel how does your soul feel what is the conflict inside what happens to you when you socialize because there's something socialization represents something to you what does it mean When you connect to what does it mean, maybe you can understand. Maybe when you were a child, you were asked to socialize too much and you were not comfortable with it. Or maybe your parents told you, Marisa, we have a gathering at home, a business gathering. You must dress up and come and put out a smile and say hi to every guest. And, you know, I didn't feel like it. And maybe now that I have to socialize, I go back to that experience. Correct. So there's a link. Yes. there's a link between the present socializing and what it happened to you in your past. and that is the human experience. So don't feel bad and don't feel like the worst parent in your in, in the world because you're you're messing your children up. We all mess our children up and we were messed up too. It's pretty hard to accept that. It is. it is very hard. It is, but it is our journey to discover. Who we are. And the gifts behind them. And it. the gifts behind them, because that messing up has brought you today to who you are. And your messing up is opening your eyes as a parent. So don't be too hard on yourself. You did the best you could, given the circumstances. And
0: even if you're not a parent, I think this applies...
1: Lorena Junco-Margain, passionate art collector, devoted wife and mother, is already shaken after fleeing Mexico with her family while pregnant due to concerns for their safety. After arriving in her new home in Austin, Texas, she learns she has a tumor on her adrenal gland. Although not life-threatening, the condition is serious and requires surgery right away. Having long experienced unexplained symptoms of dizziness and lethargy that neither medications nor holistic or Ayurvedic treatments have helped, she embraces the news with tears of relief. With a simple surgery, she can regain her strength and joyful spirit. But fate can be mischievous, and to err is human, even for surgeons. Rather than improve after surgery, her condition worsens. On the Way to Casalotus is the gripping true story of Junca Margain's journey coming to terms with the permanent consequences of a surgeon's devastating mistake. Mindful that even good people make errors and that vengeance such as legal action would not mend her broken body or soul, she chooses instead to embark on a quest for peace and healing, beginning by seeking space in her heart to forgive. You can get your copy of On the Way to Casalotus on Amazon or at LorenaJuncaMargain.com. I just don't want to
0: feel that we're not equipping our listeners Mm -hmm. with options because I've been in a circumstance with my health journey that everyone tells me, I'm here for you. Don't feel alone. But I am alone. You are alone at the end. And thank you for fearing, but that doesn't solve anything. What I need is people to get involved with my case because Mm -hmm. I am fearful of my own fears of failing my husband, my kids, Mm -hmm. if I die, if I don't. Now imagine deciding the surgeon that this, like, it is a complex world and we cannot make it on, you know, you you do need your village. So what are things that we can empower our listeners to say, you know, these are good practices. These are good questions to ask. This is
2: how you can build bridges to open communication. I think the best practice you can have is that whatever is happening to you, start developing the muscle of not pointing the finger outward, of just pointing the finger inward and trying to understand whatever is happening outside, what does this represent to me? How does this make me feel? Do I feel alone? Do I feel ashamed? Do I feel scared, do I feel? And just, just grab it. Feel Feel it. it. Just embody it. I think we're so afraid of feeling that we're running away from our feelings and our feelings, they will catch up on us. They will. You cannot, you cannot hide from them. You cannot run away from them. They will catch up back on us. I've, I've learned the hard
0: way that When spirit doesn't get it, it goes into emotions. And when emotions don't get it, it goes into your body. Yes. And we cannot be dying human beings without emotions and without knowing that we have a purpose, which is our higher self. Right. So we invite you, my friends, please continue listening to Marisa and I. We're going to be giving you very practical scenarios on how you can be brave and feel. Because remember that by being vulnerable, you actually earn respect from others and from you. And just by doing that, that lifts your self-esteem just a tad more and you start building one little thing at a time and then you will become
2: sturdier no matter what. Thank you. It's it's an invitation to the connection of yourself. Connecting to yourself, just pointing the finger back into your heart. And is that finger a punishing finger? No, it's a loving one. How do you... I, I punish myself. Me too. It's a compassionate way of understanding why do you feel this way. Why don't you coach me? Mm-hmm. So
0: sometimes it's easier for friends, including me, to learn by listening to other people's stories. Right, right, so if with So you want ask me something... So, I can show them okay, how the mechanism so works.
2: Let's use who are you comfortable using? Some of you, a child, a child of yours? Yes. Uh, okay. So, what was your last trigger with one of your children? Just explain me what happened and what happened to you. Mom, you're too laid back. Okay. And
0: I'm like, in my mind, because I never speak up. What? Since I woke up, I've been worrying about breakfast. Healthy one, different one because Patty needs cooler foods. Uh Lori needs da da da. Eddie needs this. And then okay, packing the bag for the beach. And then okay, I'm afraid of people drowning. So someone needs to have an eye on so mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm a control freak. So when they tell me I am too laid back, I'm like, that's totally upside down on how I feel internally. Yes. And I've gotten it a lot that I flow and that I'm at peace, but that doesn't correlate with how I'm feeling inside. Right, right. So that's an example.
2: And when she says, mom, you're too laid back, how do you feel? As if I'm being irresponsible.
0: Okay. As if you don't care. No, as, as in everyone
2: is so involved and you're like too laid back. Or as if you're disconnected from them. No,
0: no, it's more like I'm not a helicopter mom Mm -hmm. because I come from a place where my parents, they never requested high grades, for example. Okay, but we were all star students. We won all the awards, all the and it came from us. I think it was since my family, my parents are a very well-respected family and they're known for their knowledge. I just thought it was what you did. Mm -hmm. Like, I never even contemplated failing something. And my parents would never even ask for grades, period. And if I flunked something, my mom was like, don't worry, you'll get it the next time. Mm -hmm. So that worked for me. So I tell my kids like, mom, did you see my grades? I did. Congratulations. But I got to be. It's okay. Oh, my darling, that's fine. You're too laid back. That's when she gets the reaction. Yes, you're and too laid back, mom. Like, like what's you going You should on? care and tell me, like, you need pl- A+. Plus. Then. And, and I'm like, buddy, you don't. You
2: are triggering the child. Yes. Then it goes the other way around. So what for your child, mom being laid back, what does it represent? That I don't see her. That you don't care? That you don't see her? That you should be more on top of her grades like other moms? So your child... She thinks her definition of love is that if you're on top of her grades, that means you love her. So that means I should give her more of that? No, just explain to her. What does this mean to you? I love you. I think you did your best and this is perfect. But why do you you feel that way? I think that if I'm not on top of your grades, I'm not being too pushy on you and I'm respecting you. And And I'm honoring your effort.
0: And my intention is I love you no matter what. Right. I don't need straight A's because I'm so proud of you no matter what.
2: You're coming from a loving way of expressing yourself, but she's not getting it. So she's triggered by you being laid back. Yeah, I'm basically not speaking her language, her love language. Right. You're basically not speaking her love language and she's just uh, reflecting that back to you. But she doesn't know what it is about. You're the adult and you know you can go deeper and see, okay, why is she bothered by this? So in a way, we need to connect to the other one. You're connecting to your child and seeing, okay, she wants to be seen. She wants to be heard. She wants me to acknowledge or maybe she wants more of me. She wants to be more mom to be more intense with her. Or more rigid, maybe. Because it, But being rigid is not your way, so it would not come natural to you. No, it would
0: actually be like violent to me because rigidity is not something
2: I have. I remember, this brings me back to my childhood, I remember wanting my mom to sit down and do projects with me, but that was not my mom's style. She was totally confident that I could do it by myself even though the figurine was falling off and you know the handwriting was not perfect but I wanted my cha- my mom to be there because I saw friends that their moms sat yes. down and did the project
0: compared to your Yes neighbors. so
2: Marisa at 12 years old felt that she had you know My mom needed to be there. Maybe she didn't love me as much because she didn't do the project with me as my friend. But that was the loving way of my mom telling me, I trust you.
0: Yeah. And I think right now we're focusing on like very happy problems because there's deeper problems in the world. You as a certified coach, how can you tell a kid You were abused and turned that into love. Like, I don't see how that can be transmitted into, oh, it was a mother, it was a father. Like, how do you make them come to peace with what happened? Does it apply in in the same way?
2: For example, if the mom was abused as a child? No. No. If the kid... The kid was abused and the kid hasn't opened up to
0: the parent or... There's anger, there's like... In this case, you were um, very attuned, so you knew your daughter was um, asking for attention. There are many barrios, you know, Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. lower income places where they leave them at daycares or with the neighbors. And sadly, things happen. Mm -hmm. How would you invite to our listeners that don't have a strong family unit and that they don't have belonging? And that they've been abused in some way or discriminated in another way, how would you tell them? Let's stop being a victim. These are some tools that can help you turn it around and move forward. Because basically, for me, my belief is forgiveness is a way to move forward. Right. You, if you can, if you s- blame all your life. You're just detrimenting yourself. Right. But it sounds easy. I worked it. So what are some tips you would recommend to all our friends that feel lonely and don't have a family unit and maybe didn't have the luxury of their problems being
2: grades? Their problems could have been food or homeless. The biggest trauma is going through your experience by yourself. That is the biggest trauma. Wow. The biggest trauma is not having anybody around for you to cry to hug you when that happened. It's more traumatic to go through it by yourself than maybe the situation, than maybe the the raping. The raping was traumatic, and that by itself, but the whole experience of living it in silence is a trauma. God. So what can I tell you? Being vulnerable. Whatever is happening, don't leave it by yourself. Share it. Look for people around you. Look for counseling. Look for someone that connects with you. Because the simple thing of telling the other, I am here. How can I help? Or just, I'm going to give you a hug. Or just you being able to recognize and articulate what happened.
0: Even articulating is a very hard thing to do. It is. By by writing the book, I noticed, and I journal a lot, and I thank journaling because it kind of weaved my thoughts. But um, for us friends listening, start by journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid of a notebook and just put it on paper and you can cuss, you can do whatever you want, and then just burn it and throw it away. But just by being open to
2: explore your feelings, I think just that is a good way to... To start. To start. Just to acknowledge, just to get it out there and don't feel like everything is inside of you bubbling up by yourself because this will catch up on you and it will manifest in your life throughout the years. I read a beautiful poem you sent... Um,
0: from Dr. Shefali that I would love it if you can share with our audience, because I think that if you're driving or going through chaos, maybe park and listen to this. Close your eyes. And it is so full of wisdom. When I read it, I I had tears in my eyes and I just
2: felt very loved by me. And could you please share that, Marisa? Sure. I think this poem, we can all relate to it, It's called The Gift. It's written by Dr. Shefali, which is my teacher. It says, may you be blessed with a child who defies you, so you learn to release control. With one who doesn't listen, so you learn to tune in. With one who loves to procrastinate, so you learn the beauty of stillness. With one who forgets things, so you learn to let go of attachments. With one who is extra sensitive, so you learn to be grounded. With one who is inattentive, so you learn to be focused. With one who dares to rebel, so you learn to think outside the box. With one who feels afraid, so you learn to trust the universe. May you be blessed with a child who teaches you that is never about them, And it is all about you, Dr. Shefali. And I want to share to you that, yes, I have two kids that they teach me every single day a lesson, and they are totally different. And I can see how each one teaches me something in any given moment. And it is beautiful. They have their own story. They come to my life with their own challenges, and they are here for some reason. And I am learning to become a better version of myself through the challenges that I see they reflect in their own lives. So they are my teachers and I am learning through them what do I need to heal from my past that I, have, I haven't had the courage to heal by myself. I, that, that's so
0: profound and beautiful. I always thank God and tell Lore and Patty and Eddie and I tell them, thank you for choosing me to be born through me Mm -hmm. because you're my greatest teachers. And I think that's the most compassive way of seeing parenthood. And just by telling them I'm learning through you. Yes. There's not a manual. There's like no way to be a good parent. Plus add the family dynamics when you put two families together, which is your husband or your ex-husband or your, you know, there's always many balls up in the air. And there's, it, it becomes so much easier to know that it's within and within you. You don't need all that chaos to
2: understand that if you're okay, the world is okay. Right. And when you see your children with their flaws, with their challenges as perfect human beings in your life. They're perfect as they are. They're perfect with their challenges. They're perfect. That's what you need now in your life to move forward. Let's put this scenario.
0: Your daughter is throwing a tantrum mm-hmm. at the beach and everyone around you is staring at you with eyes like, really, please do something. Yes, does that bring a reaction? Of course. And then what do you do
2: to help the kid stop doing that? Of course. Imagine if my child is throwing a tantrum in front of other people. The rest of the other moms are looking at me like, do something. Or they're judging me. She's a terrible mom. Look at that. How can she permit this to happen? Or maybe my boy, he just kicks back at me. Oh, my God, how is she able to tolerate this? How is the boy kicking back at her mom? You know, so this, this scene is going on and you have all these voices trying to keep everything together and trying to keep the children, you know, in line. So what do you have to do? Either you attach to all these ideas of me being a perfect mom because my children are in a way, we're taught that they are your business cards. They represent how good of a mom you are and how good of a parent you are, how good of a human being you are. So if they're doing this, then they don't reflect a good image of myself. So you're trying just to, you know, hey, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it. I want people to think good of me.
0: And then do you sit down with them and, and explain why is that
2: not a good practice? So what you need to do is first feel your feelings. What am I, Marisa, feeling when my child is kicking at me or, or having a tantrum here or screaming at me in front of these moms? What am I feeling? I'm feeling a terrible person. I'm, not, I'm feeling not good enough. And if I'm going to just right away react and try to fix them, or if I'm just going to, you know, not listen to those voices and don't care about that. And, and, and let them continue the tantrum. Let me see what the child needs. Maybe he needs to be fed. Maybe he needs to just get out of here. Maybe it's been a really tough week and she needs to go back home and call it a day. Maybe the child absorbed a conversation that dad and I just had mm-hmm. and she's processing it. Maybe you need to tap into
0: yourself. You're basically going back to nothing is personal, right? They're, they're doing their thing, but you're reacting to your own thing. But it has nothing to do with you.
2: Yes. I mean, the child is processing whatever they are going through and you are processing your own things too. Do you just kneel down and talk into their yes. eyes? Or? And I, I mean, the, the most simple thing is just to breathe and say, OK, if I start screaming too, and I'm going to scream harder and maybe I'm going to pinch him and maybe I'm going to I'm going to be the other child here. <laughs> you know, I'm the other child, but I'm stronger. And I'm gonna win this because I'm taller, I'm stronger, and i'm gonna just get Suppressed. him suppress him and no what you what the child really needs is a parent there. What does a child really need is for you to just release all those expectations of what the other people will think of how you feel you will deal with what you're feeling as a parent later. Where does discipline come in? Discipline comes in. There is discipline in conscious parenting. Don't get me wrong. Okay. There are limits, but you know that the limits are serving the child's highest purpose. What does this mean? Your child needs to learn a lesson about respecting others because that is serving your child's highest purpose. If he doesn't know to respect others, he's going to suffer his whole life and he will learn it the hard way sooner or later. Something will happen and you need to give that lesson. That is you coming in as the parent and telling the child, you know, this is not right. You cannot just hit your teacher. Mm-hmm. You cannot be in the classroom and hitting a classmate. You need to respect their body, their language. Talk to, talk to your teacher. Talk to me about it. Let's, let's work on it. So you discipline the child if the child is hitting you tell you talk to him and then you need to understand why did he hit because that something happened that made the child hit so in a way you're trying to teach your child boundaries with the others which are healthy for everybody self control soothing you need to discipline your children when they need it to all my listeners
0: Please know that I'm a little confused, the same as you are. Just hang in there. Let's be vulnerable and be open to feel. Some of Marisa's comments will generate some reactions. I personally, I am trying to not give life lessons and I want to be open to what she is here to teach me. So remember that. Worst case scenario, you already are who you are. But if you are in the search of understanding, of going deeper, consider this way of seeing life where you can become owner of your experiences versus the victim of what happened to you. So Marisa, I think that the poem you just told us basically wraps up the essence of conscious parenting, which is, May you be blessed with a child who defies you. It doesn't mean I want a hard life for you. It means if, if that happens, you will be equipped with a spiritual and emotional tools to say, this is not personal. This is about me and I need to work on it so I can be a better person. Right. So your kids are just your teachers.
2: You are trying, Lorena, to be the antidote of what your child is living so if your child is asking you let's say which one which one resonates with you of that poem so it
0: resonates with me i consider myself the one that left right that didn't left the pack mm-hmm. and that is a big thing a chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. and i consistently do exercises on I did not leave them. I am very present. I know them. I love them. They know they are loved. And I need to understand that if they don't feel loved, that's not my responsibility. I just need to know that I love and feel loved. But I think that that applies in so many ways from a teenager going through a heartbroken, you know, high school sweetheart situation. And I think... Being conscious is coming back to that. It's like, it doesn't mean it won't hurt. It doesn't mean this is a perfect method. It is just a tool to help you move forward. Move forward in your life. In your life. And understand and kind of compartmentalize things Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I experienced, but it doesn't mean anything about me. Right. Because I'm stronger than that and I will go to the next level. So it's kind of a challenge from what I hear.
2: And and, and
0: maybe you can see it as, I am ready to face this. My friends, I think this is a perfect way to close. I am ready to do this. So please follow us in the next episode. Marisa will guide us step by step Pick a topic, whatever you're going through that day, and we will ask the questions and we'll give you some seconds to think about it and just be brave, feel, and as I always say, you will never die from emotional pain. I've been there, I've done that. I thought I was gonna have a heart attack because I was so sad. And I'm still alive and I'm recording with my childhood friend, Marisa. Remember, we are all on our way. We're here to learn together, to open up and never hesitate to reach out. We are here to sum and to become a stronger village where love prevails. Thank you so much and see you next episode with Marisa Garcia. Marisa, thank Thank you. you so much. Thank you, Lorena. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorena Hunko margain We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing lorena at lorenajunkomargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olguin, audio and video editor Scott Caro. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas.